This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Ten days till Christmas, everybody. Oh, I am my Gl- God. <laughs> <laughs> I am Glenn the Geek from Ocala, Florida. I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You just gave me a panic attack. Uh, you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for December 15th, episode 2830. Good morning, horse people. Hey, Santa, what's shaking, man? By the way, congratulate me this Christmas. I'm going for it. No antidepressants. Somebody ought to teach that little humbug some Christmas spirit. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us this morning. Hey, some some interesting and good news out of Kentucky. Coolmore, who's, of course, the large breeding farm there. Uh, Coolmore America is auctioning off, off a season of Triple Crown winner Justify, and they're going to put all the proceeds towards the relief of the tornado victims. I have $47 that I would like <laughs> to bring forward to the cause. I think the starting bid is going to be much, much, much higher. So. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that's really cool. Fun. The <laughs> Jockey Club is giving $50,000 toward Tornado Relief. Um, and also, I, I'm going to post a link in the show notes today. WFPL Radio put together a list of verified places to donate, and it includes links for pets and animals. So oh. they verified all of these that are legitimate, all the various GoFundMes, and also the traditional places and the places that are taking donations for the pets and animals. So I'm going to put that in the show notes, uh, and that way you have a a list you know you can trust. So I'll put that in there. Um, and uh, thank you to everybody who who donated and helped out uh, with everything that we did on Monday. We appreciate that too. Uh, so we are 10 days. You know, forget Christmas. We are like 15, 17... Some 17 some days or something away from the new year. What happened to 2021? I know. It, it, it went by so fast. It's crazy. Uh, you know, last year, 2020 seemed to take forever, and this year just flew by. So yeah. I don't know. We'll see what 2022 brings. Uh, our Daily Dose Equine segment is brought to you by Dr. Cubid from Performance Horse Nutrition. Going to be talking about winter forage. I've seen a couple of listeners post about, what do I do about hay? And there's all been all kinds of hay conversations. So... Thought we would replay that one for you. Auditor Jessica Sackett is stopping by to give her her give us her creamy broccoli soup recipe in the recipe challenge. And I don't know, is there any weird news or is it Christmas time and there are no, no weird news? <laughs> <laughs> there is some weird news. And not one, but two involve camels. <laughs> are they in Florida? Camels in Florida? Uh, you'll have to you'll have to wait around to find out. <laughs> That would make it the tri- at camels in Florida with the hurricane. That's a trifecta right there. <laughs> happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday to you. 
I'm in heaven today. There is one auditor birthday, and she has a very short, easy-to-pronounce name. <laughs> You'll screw that. Jen Vale, happy birthday to you, and thank you for having the easiest-to-pronounce name I've had in a month. I, I love Her you for that. Her name is Vail. Vail. That's it. I'm sure of it. I got it wrong. I apologize. Uh, I have a string of daily winnies, so we're going to put them all together. First of all, uh, one to you, Glenn, for organizing and orchestrating an amazing concert on Monday night and helping Lisa Wysocki get almost $5,000 donated for Colby's Army. Yay! Well, thanks really? to everybody who donated. I mean, my gosh. We, well, we... that was the next daily winnie. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll check the total here while you're doing that, okay? Okay, please do. Yeah, so all the people that donated, they also get a daily witty. And then, bless her heart, Erin. Y'all remember I talked on Monday about Erin Makowitz, who uh, adopted a racehorse from me. And we did a pre-purchase exam, and he was fine. You know, all the flexions and all of the things that happen. And then I went to, Abby went to ride him the next day, and I I looked over, and I was like, oh, he's like, a little off. And so that this is also the horse that came to me with one shoe on and it was twisted. So like one racing plate that was twisted. So that's the one I had to pull off and I wanted to kill myself and I appreciate every farrier in the entire world now. Um, so I had to pull the shoe off. So it was a little twisted. So I thought, you know, maybe it's a little bit foot sore. There's an abscess brewing. Anyway, go to ride him the next day. And he's fine when you're doing stuff with him. But then you get on him and he was sore again. I'm like, son of a gun. So I told Aaron, the horse is supposed to ship out on Saturday. And I told Aaron, I said, I, I can't let you have this horse until we we get a, another, uh, get the vet back out here to see this. So the vet comes out yesterday. And I'm like, he is sore. We put him in the round pen, and he was fine. And I'm like, I promise. I promise he's sore. I was like, I was watching my sister ride him, and then I rode him, and he's off when you're on him. And he was like, well, tack him up and get on. <laughs> so after all the more flexions and all this stuff, I tacked him up and got on. And he was I was like, I told you. <laughs> so he was off again. And so we got off, and he was like, well, let's block out the hoof let's just start doing blocks and see where it is so he blocked out the hoof waited the 10 minutes i got back on him i rode him and he was sound so something in the foot and then he's like i mean it could be that the shoe was twisted off and uh he was like you probably won't see anything inside the hoof capsule with x-rays um so we had that he was like wait a second this horse's feet are so flat they're like on the ground, dinner plates, you know, almost, which very well could have been why he quit racing after five races, because he doesn't want to go. Yeah, that's what because... Nigel had, why she's had so much trouble with his feet. Yeah, yeah. so uh, he was like, just put like a rim pad on him and get his feet off the ground a little bit, and that should help. After I blo- we blocked him, I got on, he was totally fine. He was like, yep. I was like, oh my God, I'm a fat ass. Like, <laughs> like my weight was like making, but Abby wrote him too. And she's skinny. <laughs> it's like, so that is, uh, seems to be it. But I just, I was like, Aaron, I'm sorry to have the vet back up. But like, I can't let you have this horse until we get this sorted out. 
And uh, she's very appreciative, and and she's still gonna take him because she's like she, he's only three. So there's a lot that you can do in the meantime of three years old. And he is so sweet and so gentle, and like comes in. The vet was like, "How old is this horse?" I'm like, "He's three. He's like, come on, how old is he? <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's three. Like he's insanely chill. His name is Bubba's Quest. Anyway, so he ships out on." Saturday to go up to Pennsylvania. And, and I really think I'm, I'm a lot, I'm very confident, but I, I was like, I just, I can't send a horse that like you're going to sit on and it's going to, until we figure this out. So we figured it out. That is good news. Final daily Winnie goes to, Oh my God. Finally, Helena's horse is on the way to Rhode Island. Now, Oklahoma to Rhode Island is a very, very long trip. And you have to be very careful about a hauler that you would hire to make that long of a trip. And so Helena found this company called Ride the Line Equine Transport. And you know Helena. She did some research. She looked up DOT numbers and insurance and all the things that go along with having a horse hauled. And she also paid the extra money to have this horse in a box stall. Well, you know, I've seen stalls in trailers and they're they still can't really turn around. They're just not cross tied. Oh my God. This was like a 12 by 12. I mean, it was insanely huge. This mare at 10 30 PM in the pitch dark, I have this tractor trailer pull up to my property. This super nice lady gets out. It's like a family owned horse hauling business. And they have this air ride tractor trailer. And then the very last partition is a box stall and it was three wide of the the cross tie areas so anyway so uh, uh, the mayor is standing there uh pitch dark all the lights on the tractor trailer i posted a picture on my flyover farm facebook page and then she just stands there for a second okay walks right in <laughs> like okay this is where i live now like I, if i was a horse there is no way in hell i would get in any trailer much less something and she had to climb up this steep ramp and she's yeah, like the ramps to those are in. really steep <laughs> oh my gosh and she walks right in and put her in this box stall take the lead rope off and she could like fully walk in circles in this stall it is so nice. So she goes up, no problem. Everything's cool. I take take the lead rope off, and she's got a giant pile of hay. They took water from my property, so she'd have familiar water. Like it was awesome. I was so impressed. And again, um, you know, people always ask me who to use. Well, Ride the Line Equine Transport is now on the nice list. So we have naughty lists and we have nice lists, and so she is on the nice list. Um, but it was awesome. So anyway, congratulations to all of you and your new ponies and your new adventures. And thanks for helping Lisa. And I'm going to have, I, you know, I'm going to extend because I, I forgot. I have two, I have two quick ones too. I got to give thank yous to some of our listeners. Apparently a listener sent me a puzzle. Do you know that our, our cool logo we had for the roadshow this year that Jessica drew of, of Scooter pulling the, the, uh, the camper? Yeah. Well, that big logo we had in the back of our camper. Uh, well, somebody had that made into a puzzle and sent oh. it over. So that was kind of cool, but they didn't mark who it was. So I don't know who gave it to us. So if oh, it's no. you, let me know who you are because there was nothing in the box. I don't know who got us the uh, roadshow puzzle. Also, uh, Rosie, who we've, huh, Rosie's what, listened to this show since we started, I think. We've been talking about Rosie. 
And Rosie's one of our terrific listeners up in New England, and she knitted me uh, slippers. And they are minion slippers. Everybody knows how I like minions. Well, she knitted me these really funny, cool minion slippers, which I'm going to put on today and post in the auditor room a picture. But thank you, Rosie, for doing this. I don't know how she did it. It looked like a lot of work. But uh, yeah, so I got these in the mail yesterday, and it was very funny. I laughed. So uh, I probably wear them on the Horse Lovers Cruise for all of you, to my minion slippers. I can't wait to see them. (laughs) Now, on the side note, you sent me a Christmas present, and it's really cool. It's a very beautiful uh, cutting board that was made by wood your dad had and all this and glenn you got to work on your handwriting i had no idea who the hell it was from like (laughs) it comes and i'm like oh it must be a listener because they sent like the scooter card you know the christmas card and and then you wrote a message about having a great year (laughs) hey trash mouth edit that out (laughs) um Beep. Uh, so yeah, so the 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 package comes and it's a nice handwritten card and I was like, oh, somebody bought a scooter card. Who the heck is that? I, I couldn't figure out the name, and so I had to go back to the box and it was sent from like your brother. My and brother Hebrew made was him. the last yeah. name, and so I was like, oh, that must be Glenn's terrible handwriting. Like I couldn't even read what you wrote. So awesome. Thanks. Bring it to your doctor next time you go. He'll be able to read it for you. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, so that was that, those were made by my brother, who's a heck of a woodworker. And um, we had that wood. My dad had a wood shop. And when he died, my brother took all the wood out of the wood shop. And it's been sitting there for 17 years in his shop. And we said, what we should do with it? And I said, well, you know, you're, you're doing these cutting boards. Would you mind putting some of that wood in the ones I send out to the host? So, uh, so a little That's bit of my dad cute. in those. Yeah, I love it. And then he bought an engraver just to do the HRN logo on him. So I was going to say, like, it had, like the HRN logo yeah. was in it. It was awesome. Yeah. So I know you cut a lot of things being a vegetarian. So there you go. So am I allowed to use it, or is it like for? Uh, oh no, you can use it. He gave you. There should have been instructions in it too, uh, how to you know what, how to use it and what to yeah. do with it. So. All right, sounds good. Hey, real quick, um, we've got to talk about state line tech. You know, right now I was just on their homepage, and at this point, I'm not. I don't know if you can guarantee delivery of anything from anywhere, uh, at, being that we're only ten days away from Christmas. But the one thing you can do, and and this is a horse husband approved because America's horse husband is telling you, it is horse husband approved to get gift cards. If you get a gift card, matter of fact, most of the women in your life that are horse people would prefer a gift card because then they can buy what they want. (laughs) So instead of what we get them, that's absolutely wrong. So if you go to State Line Tech today, you can get the gift card. You you make sure you know it's going to be there in time. You can just print one out, put it in a card, and they're going to be very happy with it. They're right there on their homepage is State Line Tech e-gift certificate you just click on that let me see what if they put amounts in here i'm I'm always interested to see what they put amounts to uh so they have 500 dollars as the top but you know that's just starting so i'm sure you could just buy a couple you know like for 500 dollars each and then she'll be really happy what's the biggest Mm -hmm. gift card you've ever gotten uh gosh like i got a 10 dollar gift card to starbucks one time I told you about the guy. Every year I have to mention this. When we had our store, we had a tech shop too. When we had our store, we used to have one guy every year. We were, the, we were only the second ones online selling stuff. So he came to us and he would buy a $2,500 gift certificate every year for his wife. 
Uh, so we always look forward to that one coming through. Yeah, right? Christmas <laughs> is coming for everybody. But if you want to spend $2,500, you can do that too. You're just going to have to buy a couple of them. Head on over to statelinetech.com today. Well, this this recipe thing that we started a couple of weeks ago, it was just an idea. I don't know. You had the idea, I think. And we didn't know if people would like it or not like it or if it'd be a dumb idea on our show, which is all about horses. And, you know, we know a, we know a lot of our horse women don't cook, but they're always looking for different recipes when they do cook. And you cook. I mean, you make stuff. I make, I'm the cook. And for, this has taken off. I now have four people lined up to give recipes because <laughs> they keep writing to me. Listeners want to participate in this. And if you notice, people are making it over the weekend and reporting on it in the auditor room. So apparently it's a thing. Uh, and we had Auditor Jessica Sackett. Uh, she wrote to me, and she wants to come on and give a recipe. And they're being very careful. The the few that have responded so far are being very careful to do vegetarian ones. So, Yay! Yeah. So there you go. Uh, you meat lovers out there, you can write in. We can no. do a meaty one, and we'll just, I'll mute Jamie, and we'll be fine. <laughs> well, I would like to welcome to the show a vegetarian recipe provider, Jessica Sackett. Jessica, good morning. Thank you for joining us. Good morning. Absolutely. How are you guys doing? We're great. Where in the world are you? I am in central Washington state. It's 22 degrees and very cold. I'm in my car right now. <laughs> oh, my God. Is it, so, like, I, I was seeing on the news, it's crazy windy all over the country today. Like, I can hear things rattling around outside. Do you guys, are you experiencing that, or is it just rain and precipitation? Uh, nothing. Absolutely nothing right now. <laughs> oh just cold. Still air and just cold. Yep. <laughs> Wow. Well, uh, we we have you on to to talk about this recipe, and it looks delicious. I'm going to have to go to the health food store to find a couple of these ingredients, uh, which is fine. Um, So tell us about Jessica's creamy broccoli soup recipe. (laughs) So I found this. I was doing a program a couple years ago, and this was one of the soups that they had, and I was looking for a soup, and I thought, this is interesting. And there's two things about it that um, I think might throw off some of the listeners and, and probably the one that you had mentioned um, might cause some resistance with some listeners. Um, one of the ingredients is, or actually two of them, is coconut. And a lot of people, it seems like people love or hate coconut. And uh, my boyfriend hates coconut. And I still made this and he likes it. Wow. It's not, a, it's not an obnoxiously coconutty flavor. It just kind of adds into it and it makes it a really good flavor. Um, the other one is nutritional yeast, which was probably something you can find at the health food store. I found it at Fred Meyer or Kroger in the health food section. Yeah. It looks like a, a bottle of seasoning with a yellow cap on it. But Yeah, oh, so the, the, the nutritional yeast. So let's let's start at the top. Do you have it printed in front of you, or do you want me to read the ingredients? Oh, I've got it. Okay, go, girl. Okay, so we've got two tablespoons of coconut oil that you need. A small yellow onion chopped up, two cloves of garlic chopped up, one small head of broccoli, one full-fat coconut milk, uh, a can of it, uh, a cup of veggie broth or bone broth, which is what I use, but if you want vegetarian, go with the veggie broth. Uh, Let's see, a third cup of raw cashews, one cup of spinach, and I just use a whole bag of spinach when I do it. I also double the whole thing and freeze it for later, this whole recipe, and it, and it freezes really well, too. So 
Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, then we go to two tablespoons of nutritional yeast and a tablespoon of garlic powder and sea salt and black pepper to taste. Okay. So what I love about reading this already is I can tell that, number one, it's super healthy. Uh, to have the broccoli and the spinach in there. And that is what I'm always trying to get into my child is to get things that are green um, into him. <laughs> and so this sounds good. And what's what's going to happen with the coconut milk, the milk and the cashews and the nutritional yeast is it's going to get creamy without being, mm-hmm. you know, crazy, you know, like uh, to not have, you know, half and half in it or whatever condensed milk. So this is good. So so we have all of these ingredients and we are going to post this in the show notes, right, Glenn? Yep, that's correct. Okay, so what do we do with all this stuff? <laughs> so in a large pot, you heat the oil and toss in the onion and saute for about four minutes and then add in garlic for about a minute. And then all the little chunks of broccoli, you add those in for about two minutes because you chopped also, up the broccoli. Right. Sorry. Did I not mention that earlier? Totally no, chop up the broccoli. <laughs> take take <laughs> the stems off of it, too. <laughs> just the tr- just the, the leaves of the tree is all you really want. Yeah, you don't want the trunk. The trunk's not any fun <laughs> to eat. <laughs> all right. So then you add in the broccoli. Do that for two minutes. Um, add in the coconut milk and the broth and let it simmer for about 10 minutes. And then the cashews, uh, you add those in and let those simmer for five minutes. And um, you won't be able to feel them, but they'll, they'll soften up a little bit. And that's all you'll do on the stove. And then I've got a big old ninja blender, and I, add, I, can, I can actually double the recipe and add everything into my big ninja blender. Um, so I, what I do is I put the spinach in first because that's real fluffy. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I kind of push it all in there and then add the nutritional yeast and the uh, salt and pepper, garlic powder. And then I dump the uh, broccoli and, and the coconut milk in on top. And sometimes I have to blend up a little bit, add a little bit more in, just depending on the size of your blender. And then you just blend it. And I just keep going. I let it sit there for a minute or two, depending on how powerful your blender is. You guys with Vitamixes, I'm jealous, but I don't have one, so it doesn't take me <laughs> two seconds. <laughs> and that's how it goes, and it's super delicious. You can you can just eat it right out of the blender if you want to. So you don't have to cook the spinach or anything like that. You just put it in there, pour the soup on top, all the other stuff, and just bzz, go for it. Yep. So it's kind of like half that. soup, and... half smoothie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like the, the best of both worlds. <laughs> oh my god, it sounds so good. So um, I'm getting an. Um, I uh, ask me how I know because I've actually sent the link to my mother-in-law. I'm like, this is what I want. I'm getting an immersion blender, <laughs> which is one of those things like I can put all this and do it in the pot and use my immersion blender. So in ten days, I will have. That's an what all blender. the chefs use on the cooking oh. channel: the immersion blenders. Exactly. So if you and see them sticking the blender in the pot and going, <laughs> that's what they're using. That's an. Yes, yeah. I would never have bought one for myself, but she's like, she's one of those people that's like. Tell me what you want. Oh, and, my mother-in-law's the same learned, way. <laughs> but I've learned, like, I felt, always felt really weird telling her what I want for Christmas because it's like, shouldn't you be giving a gift, you know, from your heart and like all that stuff? And that's, we never told our parents what we wanted, you know, but that's how she does it. And I've learned to do that because that way you're not going to get, do you know what she gave me for Christmas last year in my stocking? Yeah. Ready? <laughs> you might remember. 
some of you might remember, she gave me two buy one, get one free entrees to a local steakhouse. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) How many of those steaks, Jamie? (laughs) So this year I was like, I'm going to get myself an immersion blender from her. And I sent her the link. It's like a hundred bucks. And I'm like, here you go. That's what I'm getting this year. And I don't care if you didn't want to spend that much because I got two buy one, get one free entrees at a steakhouse last year. When I pulled this out, I was like, are you? I was like, this is hilarious. And she's like, what? Like, you literally cut these coupons out of the newspaper and put them in my stocking? Like, for real? A steakhouse? She's like, well, you just buy, it's buy one, get one free. You and Chad can go. And I'm like, I'm a vegetarian. You know that. Uh, anyway, just trying to entertain a little bit here. It's not about me. It's about your veggie broccoli soup. So thank you very much for taking me down that road. Of oh, yeah. to remember the <laughs> so so if you want to give this a try we're going to post it as jamie said in our show notes it'll be right there on your phone just scroll over and you'll see it we're going to have the whole recipe in there so that you can give it a try if you give it a try this weekend post in the auditor room everybody's been doing that it's been kind of fun to see take a picture and post it and let us know how you like it uh, so thank you for, for doing that, Jessica. We really appreciate it. And uh, you have a wonderful holiday up there in the what, Northwest, right? Yep. yep. Washington State. Also, yeah. I am, I'm one of those typical horse girls who can't make food to save my life. Obviously, I can make this. So this is one of those. It's, it sounds like a little bit of a lot, but it's pretty darn easy. So, so it's well, horse it's girl approved. Ingredients. Yeah, it's easy. Anybody can saute an onion, and if by, you can't, we need to talk. By the way, I looked up nutritional <laughs> yeast, and you can even buy it at Target. So apparently okay. it's out yep. there. Just not something my I ever husband, bought. My husband's not home right now. Do you guys want me to tell you a funny story about him yeah, while okay. you're on here? Yeah. Okay. So the other night I was chopping onions. <laughs> this is the gross part, is I was chopping the onions, and I like li- literally cut the tip of my finger like off right so so i cut my finger and i'm bleeding like crazy and so i have to wrap a towel around my hand okay now i do know how to chop onions typically but i was in a hurry and you can't be in a hurry when you're chopping things (laughs) but chad was in the other room and he hates it when i cut you weren't using your new cutting board were you no, okay, no, good. not yet. There's no blood on that yet. Okay, so I wrap my hand and I'm like, hey, Chad. So I'm going to make, it's the easiest pie in the world to make. You get like a graham cracker crust and you make vanilla pudding. And you, you cut up some bananas and put it in the in the graham cracker crust. And then you pour the pudding on top of it. And you've got banana pie, right? So it's, <laughs> it's I feel pretty good about it. But I'm bleeding like crazy and I need to cut up the bananas. So I'm like, Chad, I need your help in the kitchen. And at this point, he hasn't noticed I'm not using my hand. Uh, and he, so he cuts up the bananas. And I said, okay, put them in the pie crust. And so he, he puts the banana pieces in the pie crust. And then uh, I've got a bowl with the powder from the, the, the pudding, you know, pudding powder in there. And I'm like, hey, so I need you to take these two cups of milk and pour them in and then whisk it like crazy for two minutes. And he's like, mm-hmm. okay. Do you know what my husband does? He takes two cups of milk and pours them into the pie crust. (laughs) And starts whisking. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, you said pour the milk in. I'm like, to the bowl that's literally right next to it that has powder in it that you're supposed to whisk. 
I'm feeling pretty good about my culinary skills right now. (laughs) Welcome. How was that pie crust when he was done whipping anyway? Uh, We were unable to eat the pie. We just ate the pudding. (laughs) It turned to mush immediately. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) I pour the milk out and all the pie crust just goes like onto the Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay, that made my day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, put it in your immersion blender. My immersion blender back then, it would have been perfect. <laughs> How's your finger anyway? Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty gross. Did you serve the onions? I did. <laughs> <laughs> cooked them first. It cooks, it cooks the blood out. <laughs> you know what is amazing is like when you're cutting something and you cut your finger. The, you know what the best thing to be chopping is onions. That doesn't feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> Not only that, then you want to wipe your eyes, and that doesn't work. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. It was it was a big mess, and I do have like a whole like. I mean, I didn't like cut the bone down, but I it was pretty good. Like, so we're amazing chefs in our kitchen. I cut <laughs> things and I bleed, and my husband dumps milk into pie crust. Oh my god, we're a disaster. That is so and funny. <laughs> Jessica, we are going to keep you on hold here because you have a really cool story. I mean, I say cool. It's creepy and weird and and but awesome story that you're going to tell us for the auditor post show so we are going to cut here and then you guys are going to hear jessica in the post show so thank you for coming on and delivering the recipe i can't wait to try it absolutely hope you like it our health segment this week is brought to you by daily dose equine and we have dr cubit from performance horse nutrition talking about winter forage you know what do you do about hay in the winter and i've seen lots of discussions about that in the last couple of weeks happy to welcome to the show Dr. Tanya Cubitt from Performance Horse Nutrition. And it's that forage time of year. Everybody's thinking about what to feed their horses forage-wise, either because it's hard to find and expensive, or they're just going, oh my gosh, it's going to get cold. How much do I need? So today, Dr. Cubitt, which one of those are you going to address? Oh, Jennifer, thanks so much for having me back. And I'm glad to be talking about forage because as you said, it is that time of year. And we'll kind of touch on a few of those. Um, I know for you down in Florida, it's a big issue because you have to ship in a lot of hay. Quality may not be the best. So we'll touch on, especially going into the winter time, people are nervous about how much hay am I going to need to take me through the winter time. Um, storage becomes an issue if I don't know how, if I don't have a place to store it. Some people aren't quite sure. Um, how much they need, if they're going to be able to buy a big lot of it going into the wintertime. And one of the big things we have to remember is in most areas of the country, there's no grass. When we get to the wintertime, there's no grass growing. There may be snow on it. So the horse is pretty much 100% reliant on you for their fiber requirements. So what does that mean? If we take the average 1,000-pound horse, they should be getting a minimum of 1.5% of their body weight from forage per day. So for a 1,000-pound horse, that's 15 pounds of hay a day. Um, And if we calculate how long a winter may last, this sounds really scary. When I was writing this down, I thought, oh, gosh, five to six months of winter. But it really seems like that's how much winter some people have. Um, If we calculate out the day, so that could be anywhere from 150 to 180 days. 
So if we times 15 pounds a day by 150 to 180 days, that comes out to be about 2,250 to 2,700 pounds of hay per horse per winter. Most people have more than one horse. So that's a lot of hay. That's a little over a ton of hay per horse. When you when you did the math there, I thought because at one point had twenty five horses that I was caring for, oh, and, gosh. We, and we made yeah. a lot of our own hay, so you know it was a big deal. But looking back and you hear that math, I'm going, oh, one horse only a ton a year? That's not bad at all. <laughs> oh, just for the winter time, just for the winter time, and that's a minimum. Um, obviously, if your horses struggle with maintaining weight throughout the winter, you want to make sure that you're feeding more. Hey, if you have a fat horse, use the winter to get some weight off them. Um, yeah. And just now, I have, them I have a cur- I'm a curious curiosity question. Yes. Um, and we have to keep stressing the word minimum because I think the majority of us have horses that, um, as soon as the grass dies out, they're not air they're not air sponges anymore. You know, they have they mm-hmm. have very normal nutritional needs and caloric needs when there's no grass. Um, is there an an inherent risk in allowing a horse to have free choice hay, providing that the quality of the hay is appropriate? Um, if if as you say, it's not a need, it's not a just an air fern that is going to look at hay and get fat. Then no, there's not a risk with having free choice hay because if you go back to think about what horses are designed to do they're really designed to graze continually throughout the day Um, a lot of research has shown around 17 hours a day horses would just be constantly nibbling away on grass and that's how their digestive system is also built to have a small amount of food constantly trickling through the digestive system so one thing I will stress is the less you feed your horse when it comes to hay, when you're getting down closer to that minimum, and really if you had your horse on a true weight loss program, you might go slightly lower than that, you really have to use more management strategies because the less your actual quantity you're feeding, you still have to be providing it to them, mimicking that natural grazing behavior. So if I'm feeding um, a horse that gobbles down his hay really quickly, 15 pounds of hay a day, Uh, in only two meals, he's going to have a lot of time where he's standing around not chewing on anything and probably developing gastric ulcers and other behavioral issues. Whole new headache. So the less Mm -hmm. you're feeding of hay, the more you have to, whether you're using slow feeder nets or um, you're breaking up your 15 pounds of hay into smaller, say five lots, and you go out to the barn five times and you're throwing in a little bit of hay just so that you can kind of stretch it out. Mm-hmm. The more hay you feed, the less management is involved with providing it to the horse yeah. because they're able to just kind of nibble away at it. Now, this was something I just, it, kind of a light bulb moment the other day. I have, I'm a hay net nut. I love hay nets because I hate to see the horses standing on their hay, but I love to feed my horses lots of hay. And I have one hay net that has teensy weensy little holes. They're inch and a half, maybe two inches, really tiny hay net, whole hay net. And I have another hay net that's got kind of medium sized holes. If I make a fist, I can fit my fist through the hole when it's full, but not much more. Huge difference between the one that is the size of a half dollar and the one that's the size of my fist. I can take that same 10 pounds of hay and it will last him 45 minutes. 
in that medium-sized hole net, it'll take him three hours in the teeny-weeny size. That amazed Absolutely. me. Yeah. yeah. And those slow feeder hay nets are ideal when you're feeding towards the minimum end of the forage requirement because, as you said, it takes a whole lot longer. And I know, you know, some people might be listening and saying, gosh, who's got time to throw hay into the store five times a day? Well, no, not many people do. Um, most of us have to have a job to support these animals and this hobby that we have. So um, finding ways that we can still make them fit into our schedule um, by using those slow feeder nets um, Creative uh, is ideal. You can really yeah. pack it. There was an article um, done a while ago in one of the magazines showing a lot of DIY um, ways to build the slow feeders as well. I mm-hmm. think I saw one that was pretty cool because uh, some people get concerned um, that their horses are yanking on it and still some hay is falling onto the ground using one of those big uh, plastic water troughs the Rubbermaid mm, okay. water trough yeah. and putting the hay in it and then having a piece of mesh that kind of sits on top of it and floats down. So mm-hmm. they're never wasting any of it because it's always in the bottom of the feeder. So that's another option too. Cool. But as I say, the, the, the less you're feeding, the more management comes into it. I've been speaking with colleagues recently saying that we really need to flip-flop the terms hard keeper and easy keeper because from a management perspective, the fat or obese horse is really hard to manage and keep. You're right. You still need to feed them a certain amount of forage to maintain gut health, um, but the less you're feeding, the, the harder it is for us to manage them. But when you've got a thinner horse, you just feed them, feed them, feed them, keep feeding them. Just give them food it's all the much, time. Much, much easier. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I really want to stress the main, you know, we've, we've talked in the past about how forage is so very important, but going into the winter time, I mentioned earlier that they're, they're not going to have any grass or they're hundred percent reliant on you for their forage requirements from a gut health standpoint. But also we have to remember that how do you keep a horse warm in the wintertime? The simplest way to keep a horse warm in the wintertime is to feed him hay. I'm sure many of your listeners have stuck their hand in a bale of hay that was baled slightly damp, and it's very, very hot. The exact same principle is occurring in the hindgut of the horse when those bacteria that live back there in the large intestine break down fiber, they create excess byproduct heat. Uh, a byproduct energy, which is heat. So the simplest way to keep your horse warm in the wintertime is to provide them with plenty of fiber because it'll keep them warm from the inside out. It's like you having a cup of coffee. Sometimes no matter how many sweaters you put on, you just need a cup of coffee or hot soup to get you warm from the yeah. inside out. And that's going to be the same with your horses. So from the management perspective, um, the weather is cooling off. Is it better to gradually increase your horse's pounds of hay per day over a, let's say, month period of time when cold weather is expected to start? Or is it better to go, okay, I'm going to keep his hay the same because it's really not getting chilly yet. And then Sunday evening, you look at the weather report and it's supposed to have a cold snap come Monday morning and increases hay by five pounds. Ideally, that would be the perfect way to do it, would be that gradual increase. Because in the fall, well, another huge issue that we notice is impaction colic. 
because we have the grasses start to dry off, then all of a sudden we think, oh gosh, we've got to feed our horse all this hay now. And we have twofold. The grasses have dried off and now we're feeding 100% or very close to 100% forage coming from this dried hay. So we've got a much drier forage going into the digestive system because remember grass has a lot of moisture in it and it's cooler weather so they start to drink less and it takes a little while for the digestive system um, water balance to kind of level out and yeah, normalize again. Sure. So we see a lot of impaction colic. If you ask your local vet what's the biggest issue they see in the fall weather, it's impaction colic because we have this change in environment and that's affecting the horses twofold. So if you um, like to plan ahead and you have the ability to do that, it, it is a really good idea to slowly build up the amount of hay that you're giving and make sure that your horse is drinking, especially as the the weather is changing. And I know up here in Virginia, we've been a little bit lucky. We feel like um, it's not quite winter yet because we've had a really warm um, fall. But as soon as that first snap of cold weather comes, we're also going to see that affecting horses um, environmentally. So really make sure that they're, while they're also eating plenty of forage and you can gradually build them up to that, that they're also drinking plenty of water to avoid that kind of um, imbalance in hydration in the gut. There you go. Good idea. Don't just go throwing an extra half a bale in there on Monday morning. Mm, yeah. And one more thing to leave the listeners with is a half a bale of hay is not the same as a half a bale of hay. If you get my drift, you have to weigh. Because I go to many farms and they say, well, I've been feeding a half a bale of hay all winter long, or I've been feeding a bale of hay to eat from my horses all winter long, and I don't know why they're losing weight. And you pick up one bale, and it's 40 pounds, and you pick up another bale, and it's 20 pounds. So that's a significant difference in the amount, the amount of hay that you're actually providing your horse. So get a cheap scale for hay. You can use those uh, luggage scales. Now, the luggage can, scales or fish scales are, are great. Or Absolutely. fish scales, yeah. Yep. But it's really good, especially with your 4-H and pony club groups, to get do tests with the kids and really get them to get an idea of what does a pound feel like? What does two pounds feel like? So when they pick up the hay, the the amount of hay they normally give their pony every day, they're like, oh, this feels a bit light. I might give another flake today because it's a lighter bale. Very good. Uh, yeah, and after a while, if you're careful with that and you weigh it every day for a couple of weeks, you do develop a feel for it, don't you? You do, yep, yep, and that's that's an invaluable skill. Cool. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Cubitt, for explaining to us uh, how much our horse needs and why and the best way to do it. Where can folks get a hold of you if they've got more questions or have some uh, nutritional needs that need to be solved? Any more questions, you can look us up at performancehorsenutrition.com on the Internet. Give us a call, email us. We'd be glad to help. Here I am hanging out with Janet Geyer the lady who invented Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds. All of those formulas are from her big brain. And the latest in the lineup of non-GMO verified horse feeds is something called Mass No Sass, which I think is adorable. So what led you to 
develop this feed and who's it for? Well, okay. So uh, I have a horse named Charlie and Charlie was actually eating carb buster. But what we were doing was adding a lot of barley into his feed. And we were going through bags of carb buster and bags of um, barley. And I thought to myself, why don't I just make a feed out of this? It would be perfect for all these horses that need extra weight, but they don't necessarily need to get hot on something like oats. So what we did is create the product, which is Mass No Sass, which is uh, basically made of alfalfa and Timothy hay. And then we put some barley in it, which digests in the foregut, keeping them nice and calm. Uh, we put in a lot of vitamins and minerals. That's how it all got started. Charlie's fault. <laughs> it's Charlie's fault. So this is an ideal feed for what you might call hot-blooded horses, the thoroughbreds, the Arabians, right. the horses that, that need those calories because they have a, a metabolism that requires it, but they really don't right. need any extra energy of the naughty sort. Right, exactly. It keeps them nice and calm. Um, it's got a lot of fat in it, so it's 15% fat. It's 21% fiber, so it's really healthy. And uh, they seem to really enjoy it, which is nice. Something that's a little bit different about daily dose equine horse feeds, too, is the feeding rate is a little bit different than most commercial feeds because you don't have the extra stuff in there. So what is the recommended feeding rate to get your horse started on mass no sass? Mass no sass should be fed at a rate of four pounds a day for an 1,100-pound horse. That's pretty if low. you've got a really skinny guy, <laughs> you could go up to five, mm -hmm. but yeah, it's pretty low. We also added in some edible clay into this formula as well as lysine. So lysine is the first uh, rate-limiting amino acid, and uh, we added that in along with canola oil and peas. There we so go. the omegas are really great in there, and uh, the horses just love it. It's not just high in fat. It's high in the good kinds of fat. Exactly. There we go. That makes a difference. So if you want to learn more about Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds or find a local dealer near you, you can go to www.dailydoseequine.com. Or alternately, if you need to buy yourself a bag or three of Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds, and there are six different formulas, you can go to Chewy.com, and there you will find fast and convenient nationwide shipping. Well, you know, we're continuing to play songs from Radiothon that our listeners have done over the years from past Radiothons, and we have very clever listeners, and this one is Richard Alvey. He's been on our show before, and uh, he got creative with this one, and it involves well, mostly you. Oh, God. Take a listen. Hello, Horse Radio Network. This is Auditor Richard Alvey. I've got a couple of friends here to help me wish everybody a Merry Christmas, and I'd like to introduce Boris and Jimmy. They've got a special poem for you. Was the night before Christmas when all through the barn a horse was heard yelling, Oh, darn! The horseshoes haven't been hung by the stall doors with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The horses were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of licky things danced in their head. And Jin in her breeches and Glynn in his cap had just settled the barn down for a long winter's nap. When out of the pasture there arose such a clatter, Glynn sprang from the hayloft to see what was the matter. 
Away to the barn door he did soar, tore open the safety latches, and flew open the door. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave the luster of midday to objects below. When what to his wondering eye should appear but a miniature sleigh and seven tiny horses. With a little driver so lively and quick, Glynn knew in a moment it must be St. Jamie and not St. Nick. More rapid than Scooter, her courses they came, and she whistled and called them by name. Ah, uh, now precious, now magic, now Gallop and Jennings, on Pink, <laughs> on Zeus, on Zara, to the top of the barn, to the top of the wall, now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they met with an obstacle, mount to the sky. So to the top of the barn, the horses they flew, with the sleigh full of toys, and St. Jamie too. And then in a twinkling, Glenn heard on the roof, the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As he drew his head in, and was turning around, down the pulley St. Jamie came with a bound. She was dressed all in fur from her head to her foot, and her clothes were all tarnished with mud and some poop. A bundle of horse lovers was flung on her back. She looked like a peddler just opening her pack. Her eyes how they twinkled, her dimples how merry, her cheek were like roses, her nose like a cherry. Her droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the horsehair on her suit was as white as the snow. A piece of celery she held tight in her teeth, and the horse flies <laughs> encircled her head like a wreath. A wink of her eye and a twist of her head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. She spoke not a word, but went straight to her work, and filled all the stockings, then turned with a jerk, and lying her finger aside of her nose, and giving a nod up the pulley she rose. She sprang to her sleigh, to her team gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard her explain as she drove out of sight, uh, Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Is that my voice? Yeah, like, a little deep. It's supposed to be me. <laughs> but the, you have to admit that's the first time you ever called Saint Jamie. So there's that. <laughs> I've never been called. Never been accused of that one. <laughs> well done, Richard. That's, that's like memory lane for your horses there. I know. I know. I love it. I love it. It makes me <laughs> makes me happy. That was done probably, what, uh, four years ago. So you had when a lot of those horses had, were still around, yeah. When I still had Precious Magic Gal Jennings, Jennings. <laughs> who, by the way, is living her best life in California. And they changed her name, which is not surprising. Um, well, sp- real quick, I want to tell you a little bit about American Harvest before we get to some weird news and, and horse to talk, talk some training horses. American Harvest's newest product for horses, equine hemp pellets, are vet-formulated and produced from natural hemp. The palatable pelleted formula, that's hard to say, is manufactured with potent raw CBD using no chemical processing, so your horse will love the taste as much as so you'll love the benefits. These hemp-derived CBD, CBD pellets can help your horse recover faster after a show, get relief from inflammation, reduce his nerves, and even ease his digestion or hers. I mean, seriously. Uh, if you prefer a liquid application, check out American Harvest THC 
free CBD oil or premium hemp extract, which provides CBD from hemp extract. Look for the full line of American Harvest products on your local equine shop, any Hubbard dealer, or online at store.altech.com. And right now, American Harvest is offering an exclusive giveaway to our Horse Radio Network listeners. One lucky winner will receive a 90-day supply for free of American Harvest equine products. And you can go to the show notes today on details on how to enter. Very good, and we're going to give that away the first week of January, so get your entries in now. So you have a couple of new horses in training. I saw by the videos on your Facebook page. I do. I've got a uh, Gypsy Vanner, who is probably like 13, too. God, thank you. Sometimes I'm really grateful I'm short because I can ride all the ponies. However, both my assistants are like six feet tall and over, so I get to ri- I get to ride the ponies. <laughs> yeah, pass them off to anybody. Uh, so, yeah, so... I have this gypsy vanner and she came to me and they said she won't go. She was sent to a trainer to get started and the trainer could ride her. And then I got her home and I get on her and she won't go. And she dives her head down or shakes her head or do something with her head and she won't move. So I said, okay, well, we'll figure that out. So I put her in the round pen. She's four years old. She doesn't really know how to move. Right. So I teach her, put some leg on, go forward, take the leg off. You know, I have somebody in the around pin with me who uses the line because I've already done a lot of groundwork with her. So now she goes. And then the diving of the head thing starts. And I was like, oh, I know why you're doing that because you're a pony and you think you're going to get the reins out of my hands. So I put a pony grazing rein on her and long lined her and she would dive because she was diving her head down the long lines. So I put the grazing rein. Guess what? She doesn't dive her head down anymore. Then she started shaking her head like there was a bug in her ear or something. And then there's not. And I'm like, oh, you're shaking your head to get the reins out of my hands. So I close my fingers. And every time she shakes her head, I give her like a half halt. Boom. Now she doesn't shake her head anymore. And so then I'm riding her in the arena. And she's like, "Mm, you know what I'm going to do is I wouldn't go. But now I'm going to really go. I'm like, no. No, you're not. Because if you really go, then we're really going to go. So she has that, she's like a a really clever horse who's constantly trying to get out of work. I'm like, if you would use your powers for good, you would be amazing. However, you're using your intelligence to avoid things. And so with horses like this, you just, you know that they don't want to work. So you just make their decisions harder. Uh, so when she goes, she blasted away from me a couple of times when I was on her. And, and here's the problem with her where I have to be careful is she's a gypsy vanner and she has no withers and she's round as a barrel. And so I've got that girl so tight on her end, but I feel like I'm constantly like precariously perched on the top of it. Like if she were to spook and whip around, I was like, I was telling Chad, I'm like, this is the kind that gets you off. Like. And take the, you take the saddle with you. You know, like it just rolls around her belly. So uh, I've got her. And so yesterday we took her on a trail ride. And she's very smart, um, which means she was neophobic, which her, all horses are neophobic. So they're afraid of things that are new. So I walked her around out in the uh, in, a, in an area she hadn't been before. And I had Duke, you know, in front of her. And she followed him. And she was very lucky and very snorty and very scared. And then she was like, oh. I'm not going to die. So anyway, you can see all the videos of me riding this tiny chunk gypsy banner on my flyover farm Facebook page. And then I have another horse who came to me. Uh, She was bequeathed when her owner passed to the ASPCA. 
and the ASPCA has sent her him. It's a him. Sorry. It's a tiny, it's like an Arab quarter horse pony, something cross and sent him to me. And, uh, they're supposed to do these like personality tests on them to see what they know, but they couldn't do that because they couldn't catch them. So the whole week, the lady was just like, well, I'm just going to spend time trying to catch them. And so now uh, I brought him to me and I couldn't catch him. And so I worked on teaching him how to be caught, which is a whole fun, exciting thing. If you can't catch your horse, send me a message. I'll tell you how to do it. Or maybe we'll do that as a training tip next time. Um, I know I've talked about it before, so couldn't catch him. And now I can catch him, but then I couldn't, I could lead him. He leads fine. But the problem is you can't touch him behind his rib cage. Gone to Texas. Bing gone. So now I can touch him behind his rib cage. But like, then I went to touch him where the girth goes with the back of my hand and he jumps away. I mean, he just, fortunately he doesn't jump on you. He jumps away from you. So, um, now we're just working on desensitizing and getting him able to be touched. It's like having a wild horse. It's it's exactly so he spent he's 14 years old. He's never been ridden. Uh, but like I said, it's like having a Mustang. So once I kind of clear an area, I think he'll be OK to move on past that. Uh, but it's he's an exciting one and he is definitely a huge challenge. So if you want to see his name is Lucky. So I, if saw you that, see Lucky. I saw that video and you were you were going to touch him behind his withers. And uh, yeah, he 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 was like, OK, I'm going to let you do this. But anything goes wrong here, I'm out. <laughs> so, did you? I, I posted one yesterday. Last yeah, night. that's what I saw. He did leave. He was like, "I'm out." <laughs> and yeah. the dually halter says, "No, you're not. Come yeah. back." Yeah, he was okay. a little skeptical of you. That's for sure. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. And so I, I think he's been. I, I'm. I'm still kind of unearthing his history because it's really hard to find out stuff about him. But apparently, he has been to a trainer, and uh, I don't think it went very well. So now you can tell that just the way he acts. Yeah. 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 If he's been to a trainer and he was ridden at that trainer, then it, it didn't go well because he is very violently opposed. Like I was like, okay, I took the surf single out. I was like, maybe I can get the surf single on him. Well, first I couldn't touch his chest. That was the other place you couldn't touch. So now I got, I have an artificial arm. You can't pick up his back feet. Um, so I have an artificial arm that I used and I put that all over him and I could pick up his feet with that. So I think I could probably in a couple of days pick up his feet. Um, but he's just so scared. I mean, he's just so scared. So I know one of our, one of the people on my Facebook page who posted, is it going to, cause he's for adoption. That's the, the end goal of this. Um, and somebody said, are you going to foster fail again? And I was like, no, no, <laughs> I don't need a 14 year old unstarted, but somebody might, somebody might see him and go, Oh, like they feel sorry for Chad him. Chad already has to deal with Zeus. He, he couldn't deal. This would put him over the edge. This is what he said to me yesterday. We're walking down and I, Zeus is out in the field and he goes, if I would have known what that horse was going to be like when you bought him at that auction, I would have never been okay with it. <laughs> I was like, tough, tookies. He's already mine. <laughs> but those are the two horses I've been training. So they're very unique and very uh, interesting individuals. Uh, like I said, Helena's uh, horse left. And then I had another, the other horse, Bubba, is going to leave on Saturday. So tomorrow I'm going up to Horse Now to pick up two new ones. And I know, don't even know who they are. So I'll have two new available adoption horses starting tomorrow. So keep an eye on the Facebook page. Sounds good. Let's do some of this. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race in Jamie's Weird News. 
Now, if you see a news story and you think, oh, my God, that's really weird, you should email it to me, jamie at horseradionetwork.com with weird news in the subject line. Just like, are you ready? Rachel, Jennifer, Laura, Carrie, Olivia, Laureen, and Aaron all did. So thank you guys very much for providing these weird news. Like I said, we're going to start out with a camel. And we're going to end with a camel. So let's head to Kansas, because why wouldn't there be camels in Kansas? Uh, there was a, uh, I think it was one of those nativity scenes. And uh, one of the camels escaped <laughs> from the nativity scene. This is in Bonner Springs, Kansas. And it's basically, they had to, it took a whole, I think, 24 hours to actually catch it. They ended up having to rope it and dally it and catch him and they caught him on a freeway <laughs> so uh he but he made his way onto the freeway i mean yeah he was he was loose for a while but i love when police departments tweet things so here's the bonner springs police department tweet or facebook but i don't know what whatever both of those things if you've heard the unbelievable tales let us tell you that they are true Officers and animal control spent the entire day chasing down a loose camel. This morning, officers took to the golf courses in pursuit of the camel on golf carts, no less. Imagine chasing him down with golf carts like with a lasso. Later, it took a leisurely jaunt down K7 Highway and into some of the neighborhoods. Officers in animal control were finally able to catch up to the camel in the 600 block of Nettleton Avenue, where it was safely, quote, taken into custody by lasso. The camel was reunited with its owners and will go back to doing camel things. <laughs> <laughs> like terrorizing golfers. <laughs> yes. And, you know, I mentioned golf course. We're going to go to a golf course in the next one. Oops. Good one job. Good one job. Yeah, the audio is very quiet, by the way. Okay. All right. So we're going to go to the golf course, and we're going to head to West Yorkshire, a golf club in Calderdale. I'm assuming this is uh, in England, but I know it's in the U.K. Uh, so these guys are out golfing, and uh, not one, but two giant hogs come onto the golf course. Hogs. And, and I've seen pictures now. These things are freaking huge. Like, I don't know how they can walk at this point because they're so big. Uh, there are two black hogs, pigs. Are these domesticated were... or wild? Well, I they don't know. They must be domesticated if they're that fat. <laughs> they're not super nice, okay? So club <laughs> professional David McKidd, 40, said the two black pigs were first spotted on the course on Sunday. Apparently, one golfer was like, hey, shoo, shoo. And the pigs attacked and cut up his legs, apparently, really bad before oh he was able to run off. <laughs> and so another person, the next day, they came back. And there's a worker on the, at the club who's like, uh, they need to go. So he goes to shoo him away, and they attack him. And so both people suffered minor injuries on their legs, and they were treated in the hospital for tetanus, which how much would that suck? Tetanus sucks, uh, getting those shots. I would say rabies would be probably what I would check for. The pigs damaged one of the greens by digging holes. They didn't just dig holes. And and my husband is like, don't, you know, he's a golfer. And he's like, so, don't drive on the green. Like, there's like a lot of golfy rules that they do. And the, the most 
prestigious area on the course is the green, and these pigs literally yes. dug some giant oh, holes no. into the greens. Oh my god! Those are thousands of dollars. Those ones. Yeah, the club was forced to close last night for safety reasons, but has been reopened. No word on whether they actually caught the pigs or not. I, this whole article is about the pigs that injured humans on the golf course, and there's no, like, they didn't tie it up in a knot or anything like that. They probably end up shooting them or something. I don't know what they, what you can do, but, yeah, there you go. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> We're going to go a little lighter, get a little higher with this next news story because it's a news story about a pot brownie that got made in Norwood, Massachusetts. Why is this a news story? Because uh, it's a pot brownie because it is an 850 pound pot brownie, <laughs> three feet wide, three feet long, and almost three feet tall. It contains more than 20,000 milligrams of THC, <laughs> which I don't know how that's measured, but that sounds like a lot. That sounds like a lot. Um, they did this as a stunt. So there's the THC, there's 1,344 eggs, 250 pounds of sugar, 212 pounds of butter, 81 pounds of flour, 122 pounds of cocoa powder, among other ingredients, it said. Now, they said one of the hardest parts was stabilizing the brownie. They had to build it on pallets. <laughs> and so I don't know how they cooked it all the way through. It's probably mush in the middle. It's going to be terrible. Um, but they actually tried to get the Guinness World, uh, Book of World Records to come because the, uh, the there is a world's largest brownie and this one trumps that one uh, but the Guinness book said that um, we no longer quote accept applications or create new record titles that are related to the consumption preparation or use of tobacco cannabis or nicotine products <laughs> so let me guess they brought it to local high school to share it with everybody they actually sold it to one person. They said Crandall's the <laughs> sell the giant brownie to a medical marijuana patient in Massachusetts because they can sell 20,000 milligrams at a time to somebody. Usually it's not in one brownie. All I can see is that this person's going to die. <laughs> yeah. You're going to eat the brownie. Be high for life. <laughs> and they're going to get sued. But yeah, they're just selling it to one guy. You think they'd be like, well, let's just cut it up and this yeah. person, nope, one guy. <laughs> All right, uh, one more? Yep. I guess if we started with camels, we're going to end with camels. And a lot of you sent me this story. I hope it's the story I'm thinking of. And it's a really weird story. <laughs> we're going to head over to Dubai. No camels in Florida, Glenn. Yay. <laughs> and Dubai. I do have one that lives not really close to here, though. Uh, in, in Dubai, there is a fe popular festival called the King Abdulaziz Camel Festival. Uh, and it started earlier this month, and it invites the breeders of the most beautiful camels in all of uh, the UAE to bring your camels to us. It's like almost seems like a halter horse show. You know what I mean? Um, but unfortunately, Saudi authorities have had to conduct the biggest ever crackdown at this camel show. Because what are the people doing to get away with having the most beautiful camel in all of the United Arab Emirates, Glenn? What are they doing to their camels? That's right. 
Botox injections, facelifts, and other cosmetic alterations have been done to the camels to make them more attractive, and that is strictly prohibited, Glenn. Jurors are supposed to decide the winner based on the shape of their heads, necks, humps, dress, and postures. Apparently, they dress up the camels, too. So, unfortunately, there are some people that are cheating, and so they're having to use, quote, specialized and advanced technology to detect the tampering. They're using hormones. They're injecting their heads and lips with Botox to make them bigger. Apparently, the lips are a thing, too. They're inflating body parts with rubber bands, and they're using fillers to relax their faces. These, I'm talking about... They're not droopy enough? (laughs) I'm not talking about camel. I'm talking about camels, not people in Los Angeles, okay? Like, literally, they're doing That's when you know you have more money than God. Right? (laughs) I would like some Botox, but I can't afford it, okay? Um, They're doing Botox for camels. So, did, you, did you read how much the prize money was? $66 million in prize money. Yes. $66 million. They're going to make their money back uh, that they spent on the Botox. Do you think that they... all of Los Angeles now is lighter because all of the plastic surgeons have now moved to Saudi Arabia? I mean, they, they're specialized, <laughs> specialists yeah. that work on camels. Dude, they said the is class- there a special <laughs> class in veterinary school for that? <laughs> The club is keen to halt all acts of tampering and deception in the beautification of camels. If only Dr. Wendy knew about this, she'd have been over there in a minute. She'd have been raking in the bucks. Organizers are imposing (laughs) strict penalties on manipulators. (laughs) I was so hoping you'd do this story. (laughs) (laughs) Camel breeding is apparently in Dubai a multi-million dollar industry. Yeah, the prize money sixty-six million for the beauty contest. It's like, oh my god! There you go. That's your weird news. If you see a weird news story, you're like, wow, that's weird. I'll send it to Jamie. Jamie at horseradionetwork.com, and just put weird news in the subject line. And we're going to be back tomorrow with, well, actually, Jennifer and Tara will be back tomorrow with the Fox Hunting episode. And then we'll be back on Friday with some really bad ads, giving away more prizes this month. So stay tuned for that. Congratulations, everybody, who won the prizes Monday night. And hang around because our auditor, Jessica, is is hanging around and she's going to she's gonna tell us this about drama at the barn. This discussion takes a very weird turn. Yeah. Just so you know. Drama at the barn. We'll be right back. For auditors. Baby everybody else has to become an auditor. I hope he doesn't listen to the episode today.